Good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 149 of Super Deformed Gamescast for Thursday, May 30th. If you're not aware, Super Deformed Gamescast meets right here each and every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we discuss the latest gaming headlines with a wide variety of panel members and guests. We also do a whole bunch of other stuff as time allows, like a separate show about movies and television, community game streaming, and a mental health support show. And, of course, we also have a morning show that we do every two weeks now, every Friday, and that goes live again tomorrow. Uh, if you've been along for the ride so far, welcome home. And if not, hey, feel free to stick around and maybe throw us a subscription. Every single podcast is archived the next day on our YouTube channel for those who like to watch, and you can find us on all major podcast services for those who like to listen. Good evening, everybody. How's everybody doing? What up? Doing well. Very I good. like that you were all able to keep your mouth shut while I was doing my intro, so I really appreciate that. Um, <laughs> we, we don't always show it, John, but we do respect you. I know you do. I, I know you do. I know you do. And, uh, <laughs> oh, we've already got, uh, oh, wow, chat is already popping. Uh, thanks for showing up, everybody. Uh, we, we greatly appreciate your presence. Um, and there is a lot to talk about. I do want to say, uh, of course, as you can see here, we are joined by our old friend, Josh Shilderman at Constantly Calibrating. Oh, I'm an old friend. I like that. You're an old friend. You're you're like a warm pair of socks that I like to I like to put on, and you know what? I don't know where I'm going with that. So just why don't I'm just... trying to work through that. And <laughs> you're like honestly... <laughs> you're like a you're like my lucky underwear that I wear every Thursday night. To you know what? You know what? I'm just going to stop talking. Um, I I do want to point out that uh, our new <laughs> our new uh, anxiety uh, related mental health podcast, Megalixer, which uh, is every Monday. Oh, that's a good uh, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I like really that like one. that one. Yeah, it's a good one because it's 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 trying to help everybody, right? It heals everybody. Um, but uh, Megalixer goes live every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, and that of course is run by Justin, uh, who is at RoboPlato, and of course. Josh, who is a permanent cast member of that. Uh, Hi. So, yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's good shit. Um, and uh, Jeff, how are you doing, bud? I feel like you haven't been on forever. Uh, it's probably been close to a month. Yeah, I had a bunch of hockey games on Thursday, so I haven't been able to make it in a few weeks. I can understand that, dude. You know me. I'm a hockey guy. So I, I completely I completely understand. Yeah, Blackhawks guy. I am a – yeah, that's why I'm in a perpetual <laughs> state of disappointment recently. Um, I'm, I'm a Chicago, I'm a Chicago fan in general. So, you know, between them and the, and the Cubs and the bears. Uh, so like I said, there's a lot to talk about tonight. Um, Finn is supposed to be here. He is going in and out of, of discord. Some he's, something's happening with him. Uh, but he's, he's added to the call. So Finn, if you can hear us, whenever you get your shit figured out, whenever you get yourself unfucked, you'll be able to pop right back in. Oh shit. Look, JT's in the chat. JT, my man, dude, we miss you. Come back to us, JT. We miss you so much, dude. We love you, buddy. Um, so, Call of Duty, uh, Death Stranding, and Marvel's Avengers. I feel like a bunch of shit dropped this week. Um, all within the past 24 hours, it seems like. Yeah, um, today, I mean, like a flurry of things all kicked off this morning right at, right at Call of Duty time. Wednesday and Thursday were both just, I feel like, crazy days. Were just, uh, it was just a slew of pre-E3 stuff just started hitting. It really was. The funny thing is, like, at the right before the Call of Duty stream, what happened? Bungie tweeted out a bunch of big Destiny teases, and then uh -huh. Apex Legends announced yeah. their season two pass, and like, it totally got lost on my feed because it was just all Call of Duty. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like, they know the Call of Duty isn't. I, I was. I'm, are they trying to piggyback off the Call of Duty thing? Or are they trying to like take something away from them? I don't know. <laughs> so, it, I don't think it works too well for them. <laughs> I don't think. I, I don't think so either. Um, 
and of course, you know, there's a lot to talk about. So where do we want to start first? I feel like I feel like we should start with Death Stranding. Um okay. simply because I had this okay, so I had this game pegged for a 2023 release at the <laughs> earliest, right? And I'm not even fucking around. Like I was I was I'm not kidding. I, I was like this game, this is a PS5 game. Um and okay, I, uh, think, I think the fact that it was using the Decima engine kind of gave it a little head start o- over like a five. That's true. When you hear about cycle. like when you hear Shire stories from like like Blood, Sweat, and Pixels and the game development, like so much time is spent fighting with the tools and engines and like getting things to where you want them and to do what you want them to do. So I think like Gorilla handing them the Decima engine and it sounds like it's a pretty good tool set and pretty easy to use. Like you could just jump right in and start creating the game. That's got to be a, a huge huge advantage. I legitimately thought that Stranding was going to be like, it was going to turn out to be just like a sudden dropped movie at the beginning of 2020, and then we wouldn't hear another thing about an actual game until like 2023 or 2024. But here's the thing, like, right? Like, so like the trailer drops, and we had, um, uh, Nibelian had actually, uh, he was one of the guys who had tweeted out that uh, there was supposedly a leak of the release date, which is November 8th. And that there was a trailer uh, dropping soon. And then, of course, we got the news that we were going to get a trailer. Um, the whole tomorrow is in your hands thing. Uh, and, um, then there was what, there was a 24 hour live stream on Twitch of just random fucking random bullshit with a bunch of handprints and branded like branded at one point, what, like a couple tens of thousands of people were watching this shit for hours. Right. Uh, it was was over a hundred that, well, yeah, at the final final moment, it was at like over for the last few hours, it was over a hundred K. People are people are. I mean, Kojima's still like you know Kojima Kojima's game still fucking. That tra- what's that trailer at for the views right now? It's uh, last I checked, it was at two point eight million within like yeah. eight hours, which already surpassed the most recent FF yeah, Seven. No, no, it is five point three million. Holy it's, shit, that's fucking insane, dude. The um, the the E three trailer from last year is five point five million. So the trailer from two from yesterday is about to pass that i remember when this thing was announced in 2016 and kojima uh at psx walked down that ramp like he was a wwe wrestler with the video behind him and (laughs) and the fanfare they made a big deal out of it um god i feel like i'm my mind is fucking blown that we're actually going to be playing this uh this year i've got the um i've got the premise for the game right here it says in the near future mysterious explosions have rocked the globe setting off a series of supernatural events known as the death stranding with otherworldly creatures plaguing the landscape and mass extinction imminent it's up to sam porter bridges that sounds like a brewery to travel across the <laughs> ravaged wasteland and save humanity from impending annihilation. And the article from the verge goes on to say the goal of the game is to re- reunite a broken nation while carrying a huge amount of cargo, which apparently requires a variety of activities, uh, including what looks to me like briefcase combat. That sounds um, a lot like Evangelion without the giant robots. Oh, that's a really good way of putting it, dude. <laughs> I, I've never really heard the concept explained out like that before. I was like, oh, that's, that's Evangelion without, uh, so, you know. Ha- has everybody here actually watched the trailer? I mean, I was watching the trailer when like, we were getting ready. Like literally five minutes before we went live, yeah. <laughs> I still don't know what the fuck this game is about. Which is fine. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't need to know what it's, you know, it's, I, I enjoy the mystery of it. You know what it reminds me of? Um, I, I'm probably dating myself here, but in 2008, when Cloverfield came out, there was a really clever 
yeah. uh, marketing campaign leading up to that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they had this this website with these pictures you can move around and draw draw clues from, and nobody really knew what the movie was about. Yeah, and and then oh, it turned out to just be a found footage monster. Yeah, it was just a found footage monster <laughs> movie. But like honestly, like the 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 marketing leading up to Cloverfield yeah, was, was a lot more, more interesting than the actual film. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I, I I am afraid that the same thing might be true here not not due to any fault of the game itself but just due to the fact that i mean this thing is being massively hyped and i feel like it's you know i feel like there is the distinct possibility of this thing disappointing some people or giving people a game that they weren't either expecting or didn't want um this comes off to me as as a survival horror game right and jeff you had said that you would say that you'd be fine with it being a walking simulator. Uh, yeah, I don't remember if I said that or someone else did, but I, I would be. I, I mean, I'm you. fine. I, I don't really have, like, I'm fine with whatever the gameplay is as long as it services the story. And, uh, yeah, I, about, I just, like you said, I don't know. ladders down. Yeah, like, what's the angle of this game, right? Is it about the world or is it about, like, specific events or specific characters? So, like, you know... If it's really heavy on like plot beats and characters, I don't know if I want to spend a lot of time wandering around a barren world. But if the game's designed around kind of helping repair that world and experiencing it and exploring it and just taking it in, then you know I'm I'm fine with that. I just you know Metal Gear Solid Five had an open world, but that wasn't meant to be explored. It was basically a sandbox for you to plan missions and kind of operate as a like you know run your stealth objectives and stuff like that and use it for planning. Um, so I, I don't know, like I'm not expecting there to be a lot of like lore items hidden and collectibles and NPCs to talk to. Like it's probably going to be pretty barren, but I think that makes sense in the context of the game. So Sam and Ch- our friend Sam Tolbert in chat, uh, you guys can check him out at, uh, at the inner circle. He'll be at E3. Um, he makes a good point. He, uh, he says um, it appears that the game uh, has Eldritch, type creatures that have come to earth and are altering the landscape. And there are definitely yeah, some floating. They're always like floating. And yeah. Floating there's one. Well, I, I definitely got some like HP Lovecraft, like call of Cthulhu vibes from, from some of the, some of the things that, that I saw in the trailer. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if uh, Kojima kind of leans into that cosmic horror vibe, much like uh, Miyazaki did for Bloodborne, um, you know, which was, which was one of my favorite things about that game. Honestly, that was a that was a great little reveal. Yeah, uh, I, I remember playing Bloodborne without knowing that that stuff was. Gonna me happen. too. You go into the you know you go into that one cathedral and you come into Yahargul. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was yeah, a that, gr- that was a very cool moment. It Has was. anyone talked about or, or asked? Like, I mean, we've seen kind of like the World War II soldier uh, aspect of it, and like there was that tank in the most recent trailer. Is there some sort of time travel with this game? Like, have they talked about that? I was or? wondering that myself, and I don't think they have. Um, what, what I am most curious about right now is what well, I curious is, is a bad word. I am, it, I am most I, like the thing that excites me the most about the game is the actual talent that they have in it. Um, Norman Reedus I mean, is a really absurd. good actor, but fucking Mads Mikkelsen, dude. Like, yeah. like I, Mad- I've loved Mads Mikkelsen since Casino Royale. So do I, dude. Like he's a, he's a great fucking character actor. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen uh, Valhalla Rising, by the way, a little off topic, but he plays a Viking warrior in that movie, and it's a fucking awesome foreign language movie. You guys got to check it out. Um, but uh, I, I get the distinct impression that he is the antagonist of the of, of the game. He is he the villain? Are we gonna go ahead? I'm and- very I'm, well. I'm very curious. Yeah, what the hell is it? Because it's like sometimes these 
you know, like just talking to you normally, but then he's like fucking, you know, Commander Ghost Zero, like, you know, yeah, walking I, through the flames and whatever. Like, what the? F so and like I and I wonder that I wonder if, as I I feel like one of Metal Gear Solid Five's biggest problems was that, and, and you know he like he did this in in Metal Gear Solid Four too, which I really like. Uh, but Kojima kinds to go off on tangents. He you know his his games. I mean I mean Brandon, what like. Metal Gear Solid Four had what like two hour hour and a half cutscenes. Um, <laughs> I, I I never even played it. It was near the I end don't of the like game. Metal Gear Solid. The, near the end of the game, the length of the cutscenes in that game got really really remarkable. And I feel like Metal Gear Solid is a series that kind of got lost in its own lore near the end. Um, and so like I don't necessarily count on Kojima to tell me a super coherent, intelligible story. But what I do, uh, yeah, apparently it's not un completely unintelligible because now uh, Finn is telling me it's not even the character I was thinking it was. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm, I'm watching the trailer again, like at the end. I think like his games aren't about one thing; they're about ten different things. Yeah, but most of those things are usually pretty interesting, and the way that they're delivered oh, is pretty entertaining. Yeah, yeah that so I think that's why he gets away with it. Okay, it'll also be really interesting to see how Kojima handles uh, characterization of women in this game because mm -hmm. you know i was among the i was among the numerous people who had problems with the way quiet was depicted in metal gear solid 5 and the woman like i the one of the one of the women's name is fragile like literally her name is fragile and mm -hmm. there there's another what well, there's there's two that were in the trailer what was the other fragile one fragile and mom is it a mama or is it mama uh, yeah it's mama yeah. mama mama and fragile yeah. mama and fragile and just like uh I um somebody in chat just said it just kind of sh shot by, but yeah, Mama and Fragile aren't exactly good uh, good indicators of 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 how Kojima is going to handle women in this game. Um, Imran in chat says Kojima retweeted a tweet that said Fragile Mama paging Doctor Freud, which I am guessing he did not understand. <laughs> yeah, there's a language barrier there sometimes. <laughs> yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. Um, so Josh, I want to kick it over to you. Uh, you have seen the trailer now, and of course we know precious little about this game. But what are you what are you hoping for out of Death Stranding? Like, what, so do you, already, what do you want this to be? I mean, at this point, I'm not really sure because this was, I think I'm echoing what a few people have said. Prior to this trailer, prior to like this surge of like actual quasi information, I was done with the game. I, I was never really super yeah, into it. I was, yeah, I was never super into it. Um, I've literally, the only Kojima stuff I've played is I played Ground Zeroes and I played like 10 to 15 hours of Metal Gear Solid 5 and loved both experiences, but I've, never really been a kojima person and for me it's just like okay this sounds cool this looks interesting i will watch someone stream it maybe but after watching the trailer and read about this i'm just really interested kind of in what this world may be um what, what we're actually exploring and um there's something up on the website that's like a bunch of different like key parts of the game and one of them is death is not the end and it says there's no traditional game over state in death stranding lose your life during combat and you'll find yourself in an upside down realm searching uh, for your way back to living. Uh, and then choose your combat methods carefully as killing your Hold on, let me let me just let me All right, all right, uh, all right. Choose your combat methods carefully as killing your foes almost never the solution and every death carries a consequence. Oh. Shit like that. Yeah, so that's me. Pulls me into the game. So the visuals plus that kind of death mechanic and don't kill people do kill people kind of thing. That is it that's enough for me if, if the if the movement and gameplay is interesting didn't going way back to the playstation one era didn't uh legacy of kane soul reaver have a similar death mechanic or am i completely fucked up 
when you died, didn't, weren't you drawn into some kind of spirit realm? And you had to, like, absorb the souls of your enemies and find your body in order to, like, re-inhabit it? I might be off base here, but I, that that sounds similar to uh, Legacy of Cain Soul Reaver on, on PlayStation 1. Um, I know that there was a sh- there was a shift ability that you could you know jump back and forth between you know, between worlds. Pint full of tokens says I think so. Uh, so yeah, I'm pretty sure that you know. I mean, it's it's a cool sounding mechanic. Don't get me wrong. Um, so the genre, uh, Kojima just tweeted that the name of the genre is just Strand Game. Strand Game. What the fuck does <laughs> that even mean? Like, like, that literally well, means he like, tweeted the other day about he was talking all about Mads fans and all the different kinds of Mads that are in the game, like sad Mads, angry Mads. <laughs> Jesus Christ! A Strand Game. What's it? There's Die Hardman. Die Hardman. Oh fuck! I forgot about Die Hardman. Oh, that the, that... the, the, the follow up to Cold Hot or Hot, Hot Coldman. Hot Coldman. Peace Walker. Yeah. That is Die Hardman is the most Kojima fucking name I have ever heard in my life. It's pretty good. Well, just just follow up on, on what Josh said. Like, I love when games try to upend um, what we're used to expecting from a t- action game. So. When you think about how many games you shoot other enemies and kill them, and when you die, it's game over and you restart. So anything that makes you think more about those engagements in terms of how you approach the enemies and how you engage them and the consequences to your death, that's always an interesting twist. So um, that has me actually way more interested in the game. I didn't know that till just now. Hmm. So, no, no, Josh, go ahead. No, I said, yeah. Okay. It's no, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot about this game that's slowly starting to churn out, and slowly starting to interest me, and it's kind of surprising me and also bothering me that I'm interested because I had no plans at all of looking into this game. I, you know, it's weird. I wouldn't say that I am excited for it simply because I don't know enough about it. Sure. Um, I, I, I would. I'm intrigued. Like I'll, I'll, I'll play it. I'm, I'm sure that I'll play it. Um, simply because it looks, you know, I can always count on, like, if nothing else, Kojima always likes to make his games fucking weird as shit, which appeals to me. Oh, look at that. Jeff just, Jeff is now a Twitch Prime sub. And so he finally got the, he finally got the Saki emoji. Um, guys, everybody in chat, if you have not, uh, if you have not subbed with Twitch Prime, got that Saki emoji waiting for you. I don't know. I don't know what you're waiting on personally. Um, I'm just saying, dude, that Saki emoji is hot. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't know enough about Death Stranding to be, to be excited about it. And maybe that is, oh, yeah, that's fine. you know, like, well, like maybe that also has something to do with the fact that this, this year is just fucking packed with games yeah. I'm excited about. Yeah, there's plenty, plenty of good stuff coming out. I mean, um, like, here's the thing, like you think people are always like, oh, you know, like what's going to be the game of the year in January and February? Like, you don't even know what the fuck is coming out this year. Games like Death Stranding get announced, like. You know, at the end of May. Yeah, to come out of out, nowhere. Like, yeah, it's like there. What? What? What's coming out in November that hasn't been confirmed yet that we don't know? Like, well, and and what's good, in- probably some good shit. Well, and what's interesting, Brandon, is um, of course this is as as far as we know right now a PS4 exclusive, um, and I get the distinct impression that if Sony had not canceled their E3 appearance this year, this is something that we would not be talking about right now. This is something that would have been dropped at E3. Sure. Um, presumably yeah that's that's kind of what i'm thinking as well yeah, um definitely. sam and chat says remember when people thought that the last of us part two was coming this year i do i i thought it was coming this year i thought that i, thought uh, that this, I, I never come out like it it sounds like it was and they just decided to kind of push it back for a little bit more 
polished. But I think like it sounds from what I've heard that Sony did intend to release it this year. That's that was my understanding of it as well, Jeff. Um, and it, like The Last of Us, it's an interesting decision because I feel like The Last of Us Two is one of those games where you could, I mean, they could release it in the middle of the holiday season and it would do just fine. It would do just fine. Nobody's not going to... I mean, The Last of Us 2 is one of those games that, that other games are going to move out of the way for. Um, and I don't feel like... I don't know. I, I I just don't feel like there's as much excitement around Death Stranding as there is uh, The Last of Us 2. I th- I feel like there's there's more questions about Death Stranding uh, than The Last of Us 2, but I don't feel like the... I don't feel like the hype is any greater for 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 death stranding which makes this kind of an interesting decision for me i figure i would have figured that even though it's a kojima game and you know of course you know it's it's hideo kojima i would have thought that a new untested ip would be better served for a early 2020 january february release josh what do you think about that for uh for death stranding maybe maybe i don't know i i'm not really sure (laughs) at this point i'm never when it comes to release date stuff i never really have a solid idea on things um, I there's uh, there was something else I wanted to hit on about Death Stranding, but I can't remember exactly are what. We, it are was. we going to talk about the fact for two hundred dollars you can get? A few- oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. that's exactly what it was, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, why don't you go ahead? And, why don't you go and talk about that? I, I I don't know what else to add. I the like the edition comes with like I think it's basically life size. They had a picture of it, it in, the, in the Kojima Productions office, and it's like fucking huge. It's it's, it's a fetus. It's a literally a fetus lamp. It's that's really the best way to 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 play it or to, to say it. It's saw, it's a fetus I saw lamp. The Kojima tweet out of it. It's a fetus lamp, and I had said on Twitter, I was like, I was like, imagine bringing a date home, and and her seeing that in your living room, like walking over, just turning it on. Let me get the light for you, like trying to fucking explain that one. <laughs> the like, make it a clapper. Oh, I'm sorry. You're not. Oh, you're not a gamer. You wouldn't know about. You wouldn't know about Baby Pod. Um, <laughs> my, my favorite thing is Tom Johnson just tweeted, uh, you know, yesterday I bought the baby pod and my immediate thought was I need to save a link to this tweet because if my wife and I ever have a third kid, I'm just retweeting that as an announcement. No other information because that's just literally all I could think of when I saw that. And don't forget, there is also the, um, what was it? The, the gold shades, the gold exoskeleton suit, and yep. like the gold, like the gilded gold backpack, right? Which I'm, I'm having a hard time trying to square with because it, it that, that shit seems so out of place yep. with the, the overall the, aesthetic. Um, the, sorry, the homo demons, uh, they, they wear like a gold skull mask or something. I'm sorry, like that. The, so the what? Homo demons? Ho- homo demons, like homo sapiens, but. Homo oh, demons. Uh, That's what they're called in the trailer. Okay, no, no, I, no, I, I, I totally, free, I, like, I, I hadn't heard that. Okay, okay, yeah. They, they only okay. mentioned it once, but someone in the trailer narrates it and calls them that. So yeah, they've got like a gold skull. I must mask have missed that one over top of their mask. <laughs> I, I completely yeah. missed the homo demons. I, yeah. Okay. Oh well. It's okay. A, it's a Kojima so, game. <laughs> so we've got we've got we've got a woman named Fragile, a woman named Mama, and and the homo demon. Okay, Kojima. All right. Hey, who am I? Okay. Like I, Kojima's I, got a Kojima. Kojima's gonna. That's that's that is literally peak Kojima. That is the most fucking Kojima shit I've ever heard in my life. Um, <laughs> Sam and Sam says there's no way that'll be misinterpreted. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm positive. Um, 
we've got a lot more to talk about tonight and i don't want to spend too much time on death stranding simply because like outside of that trailer and, and how fucking wild it was um we don't know shit about the game itself like we we just we just don't know so i, I don't want to speculate too much on death stranding until we can although i do think that you know what i think it would really benefit kojima to drop a demo for the game before release just to familiarize people or maybe even at least you know at the very least give people a better idea of what they're purchasing um mm -hmm. because uh, go ahead no i was gonna say one thing i wanted to touch on i haven't seen anyone really talk about not that it i don't subscribe to like the a game's only worth 60 dollars if it's more than 100 hours like i don't really the hours played aren't important it's the experience but i i am yeah. curious do we think this is like uh i mean you know we just talked about the fact that they turned this out in four years which is pretty good for like production of a new ip are we thinking this is like a tighter like you know like a naughty dog like a 15 20 hour experience or so. do we think it's like kind of like Metal Gear solid five i don't remember how long that game was but like do we think this is like a really like bloated kind of 50 60 70 hour um, you know, I'm sure you could stretch it depending on what yeah. you do, but like the typical, like, where do you think this is going to fall? I think, you know what? I'm guessing like the, the 15, 15 hours. Yeah. 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 Like, like as far as like world size goes, Jeff, like I'm thinking maybe the, um, maybe the, uh, maybe the great plateau in breath of the wild. I, I, I don't okay. think you're, I don't think you're going to get, I don't think you're going to get a massive, massive, like open world where you can, you know, peer under every nook and cranny and, you know, the world is packed <laughs> yeah. with, packed with things to do. I mean, didn't they say that the world is barren? Like, like they came out and said mm -hmm. that they were like, this yeah. is a barren fucking world. Um, so I, th I think if, I think the smart play, I'm, I'm not a game developer, but I mean, mm -hmm. if, if your world is barren, then I think the smart play is to make this a more linear experience. Um, for sure and, and and here's the thing jeff like it's it's kojima so no matter how fucking whacked out the story is we know that it's going to be heavily narrative driven right yeah yeah um that's just that's just what he does that's what we expect from him and i don't think he's going to deviate from that um so yeah like i'm, I'm with i'm with brandon i think maybe 15 i, I if it's any longer than 20 hours i will yeah, immediately become 20. disinterested that's where i'm at as well pretty much my thing is like my, my limit is 20 hours is what i feel like when like there's only so many hundred hour games you know or 50 i could take in a year part of yeah, that I, know. I, I i play like five hours a week so a hundred hour game takes me like half a year to finish yeah right it has to be a really good game for me to keep playing it that long well that, that, that like the thing for me is you know not that i have like complete burnout on huge open world games right like i've got like a 200 hours in breath of the wild the thing for me is there are so many games that I'm playing right now and I've just, you know, I've just become fucking hooked on Final Fantasy 14, um, which I can't fucking believe I waited the, as long as I did to play that game. Um, yeah. But but like I, I just I don't have time for an, another 50, 70 hour experience right now. I just I, I don't like I feel actually legit stressed out by as many games <laughs> as I do have to play. Um, well, and not only that, like. At one, like at some point, a game just becomes repetitive. So the way they get yeah. around that is progression, right? You gradually introduce new mechanics, new abilities, new powers, stuff like that, and then you gradually introduce new story, new gameplay modes. But like, how? Like you can't if you stretch it over a hundred hours, the, you're doling it out too slowly. And if you give it to everyone at the start, once you have all the tools, how long can you play that game before you just simply are done with with that mechanically, right? Like, yep. It has to be a really, really good game to keep me around for long. So I agree, like 15 to 20 hours, 
for like a narrative driven game, that's that's my limit. And I think that'd be the sweet spot. I feel like that was one of the issues with Red Dead Redemption 2 for me, Jeff. And I'm speaking as somebody who loved the first one. Um, it felt absolutely no mechanically different from Red Dead Redemption 1 to me. And when yeah. I found out that it's like literally a 60, 70 hour game, I was like, no. No, like I just no. There's nothing compelling about that. Red Dead's like one of my favorite games ever, and I haven't even started the second one. Every time I think about it, I look at like how long to beat and look at the average playtime. I'm like, oh my fucking god! Yeah, it's can't do this. I can't, dude. I just I can't. And and so I am holding. I I don't think that this is going to be a 50 70 hour experience. That's not what he does, uh, generally speaking. But who knows what the future is going to bring with Death Death Stranding? But it is going to be really interesting uh, to see how that game turns out. I do want to kind of switch the focus of the conversation over to, you know what? Let's talk about the Avengers next, and we'll save Call of Duty for last. Um, so we learned recently that uh, we and we have we had actually brought this up on SDGC uh, SDGC before the fact that you know we know that there was an Avengers game coming from uh, Crystal Dynamics being published by Square Enix, and we. We knew fucking nothing about it, and we kept expecting it to be revealed. We kept expecting it to show up, and it never did. And finally, we are going to see it uh, at E3 uh, during Square Enix's Monday conference uh, this year. But the we now have some information about the game. Um, and uh, I've got an article from GameSpot here uh, that I pulled up uh, to read from, so full credit to them. Uh, and, uh, we had some leaks, uh, it says here details in the game have leaked via the E3 Coliseum website. That information has now been removed from the site, but not before they were spotted online. They revealed that the upcoming Marvel superhero game will feature both solo and co-op gameplay among a few other intriguing tidbits. And no, so here's the description for the game and, and Jeff and I, and, and Maddie had a, a discussion about this in the SDGC DM today. Uh, it says, embrace your powers and join key members of the development team at Crystal Dynamics and the creative team at Marvel Games as they talk exclusively about the upcoming Marvel's Avengers. This is the defining Avengers gaming experience, an epic action adventure that combines cinematic storytelling with continuous single player and cooperative gameplay. Moderated by Andrea Rene, assemble in teams up to four players, master extraordinary abilities, customize your heroes to fit your playstyle, and combine powers to defend an ever-expanding world under constant threat. When you look at this language and you you see other things that have popped up on social media, this distinctly sounds like an MMO or or some kind of a destiny type experience. And well, that... check what Imran wrote in a chat. He wrote, uh, I guess I can say now that I've been hearing for months that the game is more like the old THQ pitch than people think. Someone once described it to me as Overwatch like. Oh. And my the... interest just bottomed out. That is not appealing to me whatsoever. Um, if that's true, if 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 that is accurate, if, if if that's what Jeff, I don't know. What do you think, man? Like because you had made the point, Jeff, about about twenty Captain Americas. <laughs> well, you know, like so they they say it's a co-op game. They say you play as heroes. They don't say which heroes. But my line of thinking was this game is called the Avengers. The teaser teaser trailer showed off like Captain America's shield and stuff like that. So like I feel like. It's not unreasonable for people to have been looking forward to playing as the Avengers in the yes. Avengers game. But the way that they're phrasing this, where you're teaming up with friends and stuff like that, I'm like, okay, so maybe limiting to four. So either you play as Avengers like Iron Man and Captain America, etc., and you just play as a few of those characters, or you create your own character in the Avengers universe. 
which sounds like a really interesting game in its own, but I don't think that's what people are expecting from this. I think people, when was the last time we actually got to play a top tier AAA game flying around as Iron Man, throwing Captain America's shield? Like, I feel like that's what people are wanting from this game and I'm worried yep. it's not going to give it to them. So, you know, I think you can get away with the multiple heroes thing. Like there was a game called Marvel Heroes, which was basically like Diablo with Marvel, but it was a Marvel game. So you had like 50, 60 characters, a ton of people to choose from. When you're making an Avengers game, it's very distinctly Avengers. People, there's a small group of people that you think about when you think about that game. So I'm just like, either you're just running a strike or a raid with another Captain America and another Thor, because those are like the classes, uh, or you're creating your own character and you're doing quests for those characters. But I didn't even consider like an Overwatch style ability hero based game, which is I don't uh, like that interesting. Like, it, it, like, look, like, I don't want to shit all over it before I've even seen it, right? Because that's not fair to the developers. That's not fair mm -hmm. to the game. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I think where I'm at, Jeff, is is where, like, it's kind of similar to what you were just talking about. Like, I had this idea in my head about what I wanted from an Avengers game, right? Like, I like I would love just, like, a... Like 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 a Spider Man game, but like let me pick between Captain America, Thor, the Hulk, and Iron Man, right? Like I would have been fine with that. Yikes! Um, that is <laughs> that is a game that is impossible to make. I, it, it probably is. Um, but in the same token, like I will say this: if you can create your own hero, I am absolutely making a hero named Bathfart, and his uh, <laughs> his his actual uh, undercover name, like his civilian name, is going to be uh, Edward Doofler. Like that's that's bath fart, man. Like I'm telling you right now, that's the superhero of the future, right there, Josh. No, you could you could bath change fart. your PSN name now, so you could pick that if you really. I can if I want to lose all my trophies, um, but or at least half my trophies, maybe. But um, there was something else that I had seen about Marvel's Avengers. Um, where is it? Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, says here, the original teaser seemed to imply that the game story would focus on the Avengers reassembling after the time of heroes has long since passed. Um, so I don't know. That's, that's uh, very Overwatch-like. I was going to say, that yeah. sounds like Overwatch. Is yeah, it really that does. That is the plot of Overwatch. It really mm -hmm. does. Uh, and uh, so there had been a, um, uh, of course, in the January 2017 uh, teaser trailer. By the way, just 2017. So it's like two and a half years ago, we saw this teaser trailer. Um, <laughs> and uh, in the teaser trailer, we see Captain America's Vibranium Shield, Iron Man's Repulsor Gauntlet, uh, Thor's Mjolnir hammer and Bruce Banner's cracked glasses, suggesting the game could focus on the first team of Avengers. Uh, though nothing pointed to the two original Avengers, Ant-Man, Giant-Man, and Wasp-Man are shown. Because of how damaged the shield, gauntlet, hammer, and glasses in the trailer are, the video could also be hinting that Marvel's Avengers takes place in the aftermath of the original team's defeat and to see the rise of a new generation of heroes. How much, with that description, how much do you guys want to bet that this is like a post-snap game? I, I don't know about snap, but it's like a post event game, right? Yeah. Like, like I'm just using the snap as like mm -hmm. a, an yeah. example, you know, because end, because we're so close to end game. I'm willing to bet that some catastrophe, uh, some some catastrophe has hit the world, hit the planet, whether it's you know the snap or whether it's something else, and the Avengers are literally trying to assemble. Um, I can totally see that happening. I I hope it's I really fucking hope Jeff that it's not like a loot based game. That's not what I'm looking for from Avengers at all. Um, well, what, what was the phrasing? That was a, they didn't mention loot, right? They said customize. Is that the word they used? I think so. They said selling customize. skins. 
Yeah, so that yeah. could be any, like you can customize yourself in any game. So we can't read into that too much, I guess. Yeah. So which honestly kind of reinforces the whole Overwatch style game to me. Uh, because I mean, like, you know, let's look at Captain America, right? Like, let's say you pick Captain America as your hero, which if you, you know, if you're thinking about it, like, you know, Overwatch forces you into one hero type, right? Like you can't have a team full of, you know, I think what mode is it, Brandon, where you can't have a, a team full of like, you know, uh, Winston's for example. Oh yeah. Well, the, when the game first came out, you could have as many, of you could, right. You wanted, and then they eventually changed it to only one hero limit. Exactly. Which kind of Jeff gets around the, you know, you know, the question of, well, what, you know, what if we just have six Captain Americas, right? That doesn't make any sense. Um, so, and when they're talking about customizable characters, like Josh said, I could totally see them. I mean, there's a billion Captain America skin possibilities from, you know, like World oh, War II yeah. Captain America to like, you know, Hydra Supreme Captain America. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the opportunity to have like a Fortnite style rotating 24 hour store is like very high. <laughs> the more we fucking talk about this, the more convinced I'm becoming that that's exactly what this is. Well, so there's a couple things like they call it co-op, which to me is PVE typically not pvp so like i mean even if it's still hero based the, the word the fact that they use the word co-op makes me think it's not like an actual hero like online multiplayer like you're not fighting against other groups and teams even if you're picking individual heroes um but the other thing i was thinking is like if they're gonna go the route of like your team can only have one of each hero then there's not a traditional character progression like there is in Destiny and Division yeah. and stuff like that. Because, like, you're not going to roll a character and spend 100 hours building them up like you're Captain America. And then you're like, hey, I want to play with my buddy, but he's also Captain America. Like, I so wish like, the have teaser to roll a whole new character. Like something. Yeah. Like, I mean, we, we're, we, like we're, we, this, this game could be anything. Like, <laughs> I wish they just, like, gave <laughs> some sort of solid in, idea what the game's indication as to what it is before e3 yeah, yeah exactly like i don't know like this is one of this is one of the games like what, what genre is the game <laughs> like it's like i mean literally brandon like it could be like with the description we have it could be literally fucking anything like it could be a borderland style game yeah, um because because like like it, it could look like anything it could have any camera angle like i don't know what the hell it's gonna look like, like. here's the thing like like so so that's another question right like if it, it let's just like play devil's advocate for a minute and assume that it's an overwatch style game right like i would assume that it would have like a comic booky style you know but in third person right it won't be a first person game. you don't think so i don't i can, i don't know man i could totally what, see this what being a first person, person game. superhero games are there uh, well, fuck, maybe none. Very so who? Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe this is gonna be the pioneer, man. Maybe this is gonna be. Maybe this is gonna be the first one. Um, but I mean, this for all we know, like, like you know, Jeff made a really good point when he said that when you hear co-op, you're not really thinking PvP. You're thinking more PVE, right? Um, so there, you know, there's something right there. Like this could totally be like a Borderlands style experience where each of you plays one hero, or even maybe like a Diablo experience. Uh, where where each of you plays one hero and you know you're you're getting loot drops and stuff like that. That still sounds, but Isn't then that again, that, that sounds more like Ultimate <laughs> Alliance. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> it, it, like like regardless, if you like games and you like comic books, then it's a it's a really good time to be alive right now because we've got you know Marvel Ultimate mm -hmm. Alliance three coming out and you've also got this Marvel Avengers game coming out. But I do agree with Jeff. Jeff, I think you made a really good point when you said that. I feel like this game is going to, I guess for lack of a better word, disappoint a lot of people who are going to be expecting one thing and are going to be given something completely different. 
And that's I, not really any fault of the game. I just don't understand. It's just a weird press release. Like, it didn't really give us any solid information. So it just feels like it reminded us it existed, but just raised more questions. Like, I don't... If they weren't going to actually reveal the game, I don't understand why they didn't just wait till E3. Or even just say, like, it's going to be at E3. Like, they kind of just... Yeah, I don't, I don't understand what we're supposed to do with the information they gave us. So, yeah. like, you know... Like, wait, till, wait till fucking June 10th. Exactly, right? Like, yeah. we... Like, so we have friends on this podcast who, who are in the industry and, and who are in the know on this stuff. Um, and, and so, so, so I'm going to just kind of hypothesize here. So I, I could be very, very wrong about this. I'm sure some of my, some of our friends are far more knowledgeable, but I get the distinct impression. I mean, you know, the initial trailer, like I said, was two and a half years ago now. Right. And we have seen literally or heard literally nothing about the game in two and a half years. And you have to think there, that there's it, a Twitter account called Have We Heard Anything About the Avengers? About the Avengers. Avengers. Yeah, right. They right. No, every day for like two years straight. And, and, and so you have to imagine that the game had been conceptualized and, and development had begun before that teaser trailer. Right. Um, I get the distinct impression that this game has gone through several different several different iterations. And before they were able to actually, I get the idea that there was a lot of internal conflict as to what this game was supposed to be, you know? Um, and, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to sit here, you know, like Jeff, I had said earlier, you know, like, I don't want to shit on the game because it's just not fair to the game. It's not fair. To the, it's, we don't know anything about it really. Uh, this is all speculation. Um, at the same time, mm -hmm. I can't help but agree with you, Jeff, in, in that I feel like this one has the potential I think at the very least to be very divisive. Yeah, maybe it'll be awesome though. I, I hope it is, dude. I you know me, I fucking love I love I love comics. I love Marvel. Um, will Will they show gameplay at E three? Like actual gameplay? Yes, they will. They have yeah. to. They fucking have to. <laughs> I, I agree. They have I think to. I need will to they? know like what, what this is square? Like. It would be you I know, know so. Yeah, Jeff makes a good point. That would be the most Square Enix fucking thing. Would would be to like hype this up and give us a three minute CG sizzle it's reel. A cinematic. Yeah. But uh, but Shadow Hacks are in chat says they have to, and I agree. They they fucking have to. Yeah. If, I need I, to know what the game plays like. I get the distinct impression that this and Final Fantasy VII remake are going to be like the two big, the two big showcases for Square which Enix. Which one opens? Which one closes? Uh, it closes with Final Fantasy VII remake, and it opens with the Avengers. They're not and it closes with a release date for FF7. I agree completely, Jeff. I or agree release 100%. window. It's going to be a date. Yeah, it, it it's is going to be spring. It's going to be Slayer. Like it's going to be. It's, it's, it's going to give a you know time of the year. One hundred percent. It's going to be at least a release window, um, and it'll be sometime next year, uh, at least for episode one. But uh, I but I agree. Yeah, like like it's it's Marvel. It's going to be the Avengers and Final Fantasy VII, and it's going to open with Marvel. Because they are like, I feel like there's a lot of interest and excitement and hype around this game. I mean, I mean, look at the fuck. I mean, Marvel's profile has never been higher right now. So they're gonna want to get out in front of this one and say, "Okay, you've waited two and a half years. Here it is. We're not gonna make you wait another hour." Um, that's what I think. Uh, anyway, does anybody else have any points they want? Any anything else they want to say about the Avengers uh, before we move on to Call of Duty? No. Anybody? No. Okay. I uh, mean, it's, it was just a little teaser. There's we said yep. a lot. And so we will go ahead and move on to Call of Duty Modern Warfare. And no, I'm not talking about the original Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I'm talking about what is apparently a very dark and uh, gritty reboot. I love that. Yet another dark and gritty reboot for, for Call of Duty. Um, and we had been hearing rumors about this for, for a little while now. Uh, I've got an article from Kotaku here written by Joshua Rivera. 
Uh, so full credit to him. I'm going to go ahead and quote this. Uh, following a cryptic tease Tuesday afternoon, Activision announced Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the latest installment in a, the long-running series of first-person shooters. In a new trailer released Thursday, we got our first look at the rebooted Modern Warfare. Uh, so here is what we know about this game. Modern Warfare will ditch the annual pass model, delivering free maps, content, and post-launch events to all players. We don't know what the new model will look like, but the old one offered an average of four paid map packs per game. The game will feature cross-play support, which is really, really interesting, between PC and consoles. Kotaku asked Activision for clarification on whether this not this means Xbox One or PS4 players could play together, but no information is available at this time. I personally think that's a fucking given. I think it's finally going to happen. Uh, and per Activision, Modern Warfare will feature a completely new engine, and in, in the single-player campaign... Players will engage in breathtaking covert operations across a diverse cast of international special forces throughout iconic European cities and volatile expanses of the Middle East. Um, and of course, uh, Captain Price is in the game. We all, if if you are familiar with Captain or uh, Call of Duty, new voice all, actor, but it's still our old boy. It's it's still Captain Price. Um, uh, half of the campaign will unfold from the perspective of an Arab soldier, a female rebel fighter named Farah from an unnamed country that might be Afghanistan with, with a name like Farah. I'm assuming it's either Afghanistan or Iran. Uh, per the report, the new modern warfare is aiming for a more brutal, morally gray approach with an extended sequence set in Farah's home as, as it is terrorized by Russian soldiers, which means it's probably Afghanistan with civilians and even infants in peril. Uh, so I, I've got a lot of opinions about this, but I wanted to kick it over to Jeff first. Um, Jeff, how much, like Jeff, have you seen the trailer for Call of Duty Modern Warfare? Uh, yeah, I watched it. What were your, like, like, what are your initial thoughts coming away from that? Honestly, I don't have a lot. I'll, I'll probably let you guys talk about it more. Um, visually it looks really good. It looks like a Call of Duty game. It, um, I don't know from, from the trailer, I, I would expect the normal stuff. I didn't get, uh, you know, what they're saying about it being really gritty and gray and, uh, some of the more disturbing aspects of it that I've read from some of the interviews and impressions with people watch. It. I didn't get that stuff from just from the trailer. Yeah. The trailer doesn't make that. Obviously. It doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, anything it, that people are reading is just coming from preview written previews. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't have strong feelings on, I'm not like a big call of duty guy and, uh, you know, I don't have that strong feelings on the game yet aside from when we get into like a little bit of the more controversial aspects of it i'll have a couple things to weigh in but i'll, I'll hand it off maybe josh wants to weigh in josh go I ahead do. Buddy. i'm the worst person to talk call of duty uh no i then why did we the... even bother having you on josh you knew I, we were going to talk about it i don't know why i'm here for it no i mean call of duty is a franchise that in all honesty i've literally played uh i played the original modern warfare and that's literally it kind of thing. Um, I always try to... There you go. I, I, like, I played like two hours of it. Um, I try to say... Like a... It's a four-hour game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't even know if I... But the thing is, I was terrible at it because I think that was like the second first-person shooter I played it and since I was like a I mean, little I hit, kid. It auto-aims for you. All I have to do is hold the left trigger and then press the right trigger. I don't remember enough about it to really comment. But no, I, I try to stay abreast of um, uh, information on Call of Duty games because I'm always interested... Um, to see what they're doing with the franchise. All I know is just from seeing other people's retweets and stuff, there's just some, I don't know, way they're, some of the, just the marking by this game just seems gun fetishist to me a little bit to an extreme. And, a little bit. Um, I don't know. It's war game stuff. I think I'm past, I was never super into that, but I, I like my war, like first person shooter things and the way I play it to be very sci-fi and not at all realistic whatsoever. 
it's just not something it, that I, I don't know, I've just never been comfortable with, I guess is the way to put it. I, I grew up playing Counter-Strike from a young age, so that's always just yeah. normal for me. Well, like, it's different for guys like Brandon and me, and me I think, because we've actually, like, you know, I, I'm not trying to be like, you know, oh, we've seen combat, but we have. And, and, and so I, I feel like, I feel like when it comes to games like Call of Duty, we we tend to have a, like a different perspective on things. Um, I would, I'm sure. Brandon, with the idea that this game is intending anyway to like, I don't know how you can make war any darker or grittier than it already is. Yeah. <laughs> war is pretty. Uh, I, having been to yeah, one, it's pretty fucking dark. Have, yeah, they've tried plenty hard. Like Call of Duty Four. When you die, you get quotes about like how much fucking the bombs cost, and fuck it, you get quotes about you know like they made it very clear that what you you know what what you were doing wasn't purely the black and white good thing. There was the uh, you know death from above was was yeah played played straight, but intentionally you know unsettling and uncomfortable and it. It, it was very much a power fantasy and a, a lot of the, you know, the written dialogue is all very much like getting you riled up in the moment and like, you know, let's go kill everybody. Exactly. But, right. yeah, but it's... Also the game also did have its side of, you know, not unabashedly cheer, you know, cheerleading everything that was happening. Uh, like, you know, there's the nuke scene, your character dies. Like I remember your, that. your character yeah. dies. Like, I mean, what, what more statement do you need than like, Oh, you know, if you go to war, you're probably not going to make it back home alive. Like your character gets fucking nuked and falls that was the, the back of a that was the marine sergeant crawls, right yeah yeah falls around and fucking shuts his eyes and dies like so yeah like the the series has definitely tried in the past and it, you know it, it always depends it, you know it, it ebbs and it flows with each year depending on who the different developer is that's coming to it and you know even the developer is not the same you have call of duty 4 was made by infinity ward that was a completely different infinity yeah. ward than that's making this one so you've just had you've had so many different takes on Call of Duty over its like sixteen years. Sixteen years, man. Jesus 16 Christ. Sixteen years. Yeah. Fuck. I feel old. And um, you know, it started it started as little more than like a Medal of Honor style, like Yeah. You know, what's the closest thing we can make to saving Private Ryan with modern video games? That's game exactly growth? what it was. Yep. Absolutely. I did like the um the early ones. Yeah, not to be like I, I played Call of Duty before it was popular, but like um, I remember playing the original couple on PC uh, where you actually got to play from the perspective of like the Russians yeah. and the Americans, like the three different viewpoints. And I always thought that approach was interesting. And I think it was pretty unique at the time. So, uh, you know, with the news that the new one is going to have you play as half the game as like an Arab soldier, that's, uh, I think, like an interesting decision. I think that's really back. cool. Yeah, it's very um, fitting for the series. But to backtrack, I guess backtrack a little bit. I do have a little bit of opinions on Call of Duty just before you guys get into the more serious stuff. Um, just from like a game or mechanical side, I guess I just haven't been interested because it's always people talk about like the multiplayer with Call of Duty, I feel like. And my experience with the multiplayer in Call of Duty is like I run five seconds and get thrown in the like with a knife in the back and die. <laughs> and some 10 year old was like, yeah, that, that was my experience chat. with modern with Black Ops 4. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I and did not like, enjoy it. And I and played then I a lot of Call of Duty. And I respawn and then the same thing happens again. Um, so the campaigns were really hit and miss. I did. I played Advanced Warfare, Infinite Warfare, and I would describe the campaigns as like just like a good action, Michael Bay, like kind of just you just in for the ride. They're not anything spectacular, but they're kind of schlocky fun. Um, and so I enjoyed that aspect of it. But again, that's like 
you're looking at the tonal difference depending on the developer and the vision of it. So exactly. that's going to be very different with this one. That's really all I had to say. I, where I'm at is, um, like, it's no secret that I've never been into Call of Duty games. And I, I, I tweeted about this. Uh, uh, in a, I had a big, long thread about it today. Um, when I hear that, you know, oh, we're going we're gonna to be darker, we're going to be grittier... Like I think about, I think about No Russian, from uh, which was what Call of Duty Modern, Modern Warfare, Warfare two. Three, two thousand nine. It was two thousand nine. Okay, um, and uh, which I, I actually I, I played that one, and uh, you know as I was walking through the the airport, like I was one of those guys, Brandon, who didn't pull the trigger, right? Because I, was oh, I like, shot everybody. Brand, you monster! Um, so. You monster! Um, but. You know, I, I've got this thing where, and look, like I am not begrudging, like I just I want to preface it with this: I am not begrudging anybody for being excited about Call of Duty. At the end of the day, it's a video game. You know, like it's it's not real. And um, you know, how many people are going to play the campaign? Ex- like, yeah, eighty percent like, of people are going to just play the multiplayer. They're just going to go straight to the multiplayer. Um, I think for me, personally, um, having seen some pretty hairy shit, uh, having seen you know like. Brandon, I'm sure you remember Six Days in Fallujah, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Like, it was it was billed in 2007 as the game that was going to provide a realistic experience, a realistic yeah. battlefield at, experience. At a, time, at a time where, like, military simulation, the idea of a military, you know, Arma was still very early. Exactly, exactly. And like, they, we, we had, um, what was the Xbox game, the, like, strategy one? Oh, God. Full-spectrum full Warrior. Full-spectrum Warrior like, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So we had stuff like that. It was kind of like... It felt like it was sort of trying to combine what Full Spectrum Warrior was doing right. with something more like Call of Duty. Well, and, and so, like, Six Days in Fallujah built itself as a third-person survival horror game. Survival horror, which, you know, um, which, which is the way a war game should be. It's, that's that's the way it should be. Um, and uh, the premise of the game was your, your – I can't remember if it was a Marine or a soldier, but he was going to be stranded in Fallujah for it six days. It was a Marine unit. It, it was a Marine. Okay. Uh, he was going to be stranded in Fallujah for six days on his own, uh, separated from his unit, and you had to get back to them. Um, and like the majority of the game would take place at night because you know you want to move at night uh, and there was going to be a survival horror aspect to it and they hired a bunch of veterans to consult on the game um you know and it built itself as a realistic depiction of 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 war in a video game which is fine uh, of course the you know the game never came out um and now i feel like call of duty is trying to reinvent itself and get rid of i guess for lack of a better term some of the schlock you know some of the some of the over the top bombastic stuff and try to portray a war as it really is and i have over the course of my life come to the conclusion that i don't think that's possible and i don't think it's desirable for me anyway um because you know having been involved in combat situations where for example you know you have you know like people can say that i want to try to capture an accurate combat experience i want to try to capture the spirit of what it's like to be at war. But in my opinion, there's no game that can capture the experience of, for example, having to be on the lookout for piano wire strung across the road when you're in a turret in an attempt to behead you. There's no game that can accurately depict what it feels like to see a bunch of individuals with explosives wrapped around their bodies inject themselves full of atropine and morphine and come running screaming at you when you when you fire these individuals, nothing happens because they're so you, you, they're so drugged. I mean, they literally can't feel anything. Um, there is no game that can accurately 
depict what it feels like to watch your gunnery sergeant uh, get completely obliterated by a rocket 30 feet away from you. There, there's no game that can, that can, that can accurately show what that feels like, what it's like to actually experience that. And I, I have seen these things. Um, and I don't ever want to see them again. I don't want to experience that again. So when you're talking about survival horror, I think, I'm sorry, I know I'm getting long winded here. I'll, I'll try to wrap it up. But when you're talking about survival horror, I love survival horror games. Like Resident Evil 2 is the easy favorite for my game of the year so far. Um, I love Silent Hill. I love, I love Fatal Frame. I love Resident Evil. But I love these games because they are not realistic situations. I will never, hopefully, encounter a demonic nurse or a zombie or, you know, a you know a, a monster in real life that that's not something that is going to happen but i have been in i mean i saw someone what go ahead uh, what's what's that 1985 uh russian war movie oh uh, war games no it's come, come and war see that's i saw oh red dawn say, red dawn no come and see come and see I saw someone okay. earlier say how do you make a video game out of come and see yeah i thought that i think that kind of sums up what you're trying to say like yeah yeah, exactly. That's a movie that you know shows a very it's a two and a half hour film that shows a very interesting perspective of war with very little action or combat. It has you know a very memorable piece at the end, but for the most part, it's it's not an action movie at all. At but all. it is it is a war movie. It's a treatise on war. Yeah, you and know, you, and... you know how do you how do you make that a video game? You can't. So, I, different you know different mediums are. Uh, adept at you know delivering different experiences and i you know i don't i just don't think video games as a medium are maybe mature enough to uh really display war the true horrors of war like i mean you know like find a bigger spec off the line fan than me and you won't yeah but that game i mean that like that game has a lot of problems <laughs> like it's not that game is not perfect it didn't it didn't perfectly achieve every goal it was trying to you know it, it's kind of cheesy in a lot of ways and it, it does you know, it's got plot holes and stuff so I, I feel like there's still a long way to go till we get like a video game that really you know like the jacob's ladder of video games right like, yeah you know like come great... and see a video game those, those sort of war movies just can't be done in games yet well, and you know, I, I don't think they, I don't think they need to be done. I like, I don't think they should be done because, oh, yeah. Or do they need to like, uh, you know, it, it is is it fine for video games to be what they are now? I, I, I think it's, you know what, I, you know what, I, I applaud, you know, uh, I, I applaud IW for for wanting to do it. Um, and it, I think it's good to be ambitious, and I think it's good to try to bring new experiences to gamers. And again, I want to stress, there's nothing wrong with being excited about this game at all. Um, I'm speaking purely from a personal perspective. Um, as somebody who's been in these situations, it just just doesn't. It's not appealing to me, one bit. Um, and you know, if you wanted to make Call of Duty the absolute least appealing to me, like it, it already wasn't something that I was interested in. But but this is how you do it, and that's not an inherent fault of the game. Maybe that's just a me problem. But having been involved in those situations, I just. You know, I go to games for escapism, you know, and, and that's, these are, to put it quite frankly, I guess the best way to sum it up would be, I have experienced things that I don't ever want to experience again, ever. And that's just not my idea of a good time. It's not, you know, um, so just not excited about it at all. And Imran said something in chat that I wanted to mention up. 
Uh, he said, I mentioned this on Twitter, but at one point a developer said, this game has scenes that look like live league footage, and I remember audibly sighing, Christ. <laughs> Jesus. Come on, guys. Live league footage? Are you kidding me? Uh, I guess at the end of the day, Brandon, I just don't trust... Um, I don't trust them to be able to handle this kind of topic with the nuance. In a nuance. mainstream game like Call of Duty. Yeah. I just don't I don't but trust I, their ability yeah, to do it's that. A game, I mean, like I, said, like I said before, it's a game that sells primarily on the back of its purely for fun multiplayer so there's only so much they can do you yep. know with a with a single player campaign and a game that sells fucking 10 million copies in a few months i am I, I and here's the thing like i am super intrigued about the idea of a game from the perspective of a of a pashtun from afghanistan fighting the russians you know like that that to me is fascinating because that is a story that you don't see in games, um, you know, the, you know, the, the, you know, the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan in, in, in the late 1980s is, is just an incredible time, you know, like, you know, and that's why they call Afghanistan the graveyard of empires because, you know, you know, the Soviets went in there and fought the Mujahideen and they were, they were chased the fuck out. Um, and it was a very difficult time for Afghanistan. So to, to be able to depict that, um, is something that is super appealing to me because I've got a long history with that. I've been to Afghanistan five fucking times. I am very familiar with the people. I would love to see more stories like that told in games. These stories from from cultures and and parts of the world that people who haven't been there, people who who don't know about this stuff, would would never usually get to experience. But when it's wrapped in the in the in the flavor of a cult, I, I just I don't feel like that's the best medium for telling these stories, Brandon. I don't. You know. Um, because again, it, it all, it, 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 all falls back to trust. I don't trust them to be able to tell that story with any kind of nuance. We're a long way away from the, the real heart of darkness of video games. Yeah. Cause it's not, it wasn't spec ops line. And that's a really good way of putting it. Like, Brandon, I really, like I mean, they, they tried, you know, that was their ambition was to be the heart of darkness of games. Yeah. And that was their main inspiration, but you know, they didn't get there. And a lot of it, like I said, it's the inherent limitations of the medium that they're trying to tell their story in. And games are very young. We still have a long way to go. In in a lot of ways, they're still just limited by the technology available to even you know yeah. achieve the visions that they have in their exactly. Their games. So you, you know, as as games evolve and you know storytelling methods evolve, I feel like maybe eventually they'll get there. But I want to I want to kick it over to to Jeff and then and then Josh. Um, you know, as you know, obviously, you know, you guys have never been in a combat situation, and you're you're lucky for that, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I, I got a question in chat from uh, Chief Tama. I'll answer that in a minute, but I want to I want to get to to Jeff and Josh. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with not ever being in a combat scenario. Don't envy anybody for going to war. You shouldn't. Um, is is what I talked about, Josh? Is that something that would be desirable to you like is that is, is that a game that you would want to experience like a game that builds itself as the true horrors of warfare and 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 i ask you this because like everybody's seen movies like saving private ryan and the thin red line you know but but in in a film you are in a film you are an, a passive observer as opposed to a game where you're an active participant in what's happening so is that something that you're even interested in josh like i just referencing you know war movies and stuff like that i like war movies period piece kind of stuff like that for the purpose of I'm a history buff. I like learning about history. I like seeing what the time was like. Uh, I'm again, as you said, a passive observer, it's um, I can get the emotional impact and stuff like that, but living out an experience of war. No, I mean, one of my honest greatest fears of my entire like child and teenage years was that there was going to be some draft and I would be sent off and have to fight because, and I 
the, my main thought was I'm entirely incompetent. Um, well, that's not true, but please continue. In that regard, I felt like I would be. You'd be surprised uh, at what you're capable of. Yeah, that's the thing. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. But still, that was something that terrified me. And literally still, like, listening to people's stories. If I, I want to hear people's stories. I want to know what people go through. I, I've said many times I love stories. I love learning people. But war stories, real ones, give me nightmares. And I don't want to live that out in a video game. I have absolutely no interest. That's what I said earlier. If you want me to play some kind of first-person war game or even third-person, give me a give me a, a sci-fi thing, give me a Halo thing, give me a thing with laser guns and laser swords. Yeah. You know, give me that give me that quasi campiness. Yeah, Titanfall. And, Do you want yeah. Titanfall? Titanfall exactly. or Destiny? Yeah, right. Something like... I, that, that's more palatable to me. But you throw me in with a Call of Duty or a Battlefield or something that edges towards realism or goes in this case seemingly uh, as as Imran was referencing, like they use the word military. I mean, exactly. it's, not, military. it's not a real military sim, but that's the word that they use. I don't. I don't want to be real life. I, I don't. I don't want to be in a real life thing. I don't want to experience that. That is a hard pass for me. Well, and I, I had explained this to somebody once, Josh. When you know, you know, when they were like, "Well, how can you say that about Call of Duty, but you love games like Destiny?" And I'm like, "Okay, but in Destiny, you're shooting fucking." You're shooting fucking alien tribes. Like, like you're not actually shooting at people. I have never shot at an alien shaman. Like, I've never done that, and I never will. So I don't have a problem. From the moon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never fired at a wizard who came from the moon before, because there are no wizards that come from the moon. It's a fictional situation, but I have... I have shot at real live people before, and when I do that in a video game, I just... There's something about it that is just... Like it, like it's different playing a game like The Last of Us when when again you're in a you're in a fictional you know you're in a fictional situation you know but but what, there's something about a game being in a combat scenario to me like an actual combat scenario that I am familiar with and have you know is very similar to to the kind of stuff I've been involved in that is just extremely off putting for me. Um, Jeff, See, I will for, like well, one thing I'm curious like they are put this year specifically are putting a great deal of emphasis on the presentation of people just fucking dying yeah like the the audio the death gurgles the animation like the they said they're trying to be super realistic about it like and from you know that you can't see any of that in the trailer but from like youtubers that went to the event and stuff they were saying that it's just like when when you shoot people in this game like they fucking look like they're dying and you know like that i wonder like because you know i first person shooters are my favorite genre yeah of all of all types i've loved all of them and you know I love sci-fi ones. I love modern military ones, you know, but I, you know, I'm, I'm, I was replaying fear today and it's very fun to shoot the clone troopers in that game. It's still fun to shoot the clone troopers in that game. And I was thinking a lot about that while I was playing fear. I'm like, why is it fun to shoot these clone troopers for, for a couple of different reasons? They don't animate like real people. When yeah. you shoot them, their their fucking arms are flailing. All, <laughs> they know, get like, the ragdoll physics. Yeah, they're ragdolling out like in in over exaggerated ways. Uh, like when they're the physics are just crazy over the top, and it, it doesn't feel real. They're not humans. They're clone troopers. Like even though they, you know they talk like real people, they, they're clearly not. And you know, so it feels yeah. very disconnected from the violence, very over the top, very stylized. And then you have Soldier of Fortune, which is a game that I did not enjoy playing at the time. Because you know they were at the time trying to be as as realistic with yep. the violence as humanly possible, and that that was not appealing to me. It, Whereas, and it's, like it's, I said, a game like Fear, where you shoot the clone trooper and he goes flying five feet up in the air, where he's like ragdolling like a crazy man, like that's exactly. that's still fun. That's still cool. 
Be, because that's not what happens in real life, right? Like that's that's not what it, Justin's in chat. Justin, what's up, buddy? Um, like for me, Brandon, I, like honestly, I you know it you know when I hear somebody you know when I hear a developer say you know okay well we're we're aiming for a realistic war scenario, a realistic wartime in the theater of battle experience. You're on the you're on the battlefield. You know, and feel, you know, feel the way that, you know, you know, you know, you know, talk about weapon feedback and aiming on the sights. But what I think of, I'm like, okay, but are you going to have, are you going to have the player character saying, oh, Jesus Christ, oh, Jesus Christ over and over? Are you going to have guys crying on the field of battle? Are you going to have a guy yeah, with, his intest- no. <laughs> with his intestines spilling out screaming for his mom? Like well, that, because that, that they might, yes. <laughs> that's, I mean, I mean, that is. That is a realistic war experience. <laughs> like, yeah. I was fucking scared shitless when I was in combat the entire fucking I mean, you time. Had that in, you had that in, you know, original it, Call of Duty. Yeah, when I was trying to be safe and proud. Yeah, man. Jeff. What Jeff? What about you, man? Like, um, you know, I, I, again, like when you hear a when you hear a game say, "Look, we're really going to drill down," and it doesn't have to be Call of Duty, but but you know, that's just the example we have here. When you hear the developers say we really want an authentic wartime experience. It's going to be painful. It's going to be, there's going to be a lot of death. It's going to be uncomfortable to play. It's going to be uncomfortable to watch. Like, is that something that is, you can't pace that out into, right. You just can't, it's too compressed. You can't at all about, you know, getting from a to B moment to moment. I got a few thoughts on that. The first one. So like from a personal perspective, like we were talking about, is this the kind of game you enjoy? Um, I'm very similar to Brandon. Uh, I've talked to my girlfriend of, uh, and just other people who don't really play video games, uh, you know, because like everyone who knows me knows like I will never even throw a punch in real life. Like ever. I'm just not, I'm like a pacifist. Like if someone, I, I will always rather just let someone hit me and I'll just walk away. Like I just don't get involved in that stuff. And they're like, you play all these like shooting games stuff. Like I'm not shooting people. When I play Counter Strike, which I, I've played quite a while as well. Like, yeah. I'm not shooting people. I'm just shooting targets on the screen feels very to, like, win the game. Like, yeah, like, I, I don't even think about the fact that I'm actually shooting a well, person I, or a thing. Yeah, I, I, modern, the original Modern Warfare, Call of Duty, came out mm-hmm. two weeks after I got back from my first deployment in Iraq. And it, it didn't feel connected at all. Like, I literally went from doing one thing in real life to playing in a mm-hmm. video game two weeks later. But it, it didn't feel like the same thing. Yeah, and like, like I, I don't know, it, and it, it depends. It, you know, everyone will process things differently, but it, it and didn't when I'm mo- like to me even a representation of the same thing. When I'm mowing down guys in the division, like they're just dropping loot, but like it's not like I'm not killing people. So, um, you know, just going into that, I I'm okay with feeling uncomfortable playing a game if it serves a purpose. Although typically I play games to relax. Hey everybody, Derek here. As I'm sitting down to edit this video at this point. John loses internet connection and the entire show goes offline for a little bit. Uh, He does eventually come back, but I just want you to know that this really awkward edit is a result of internet connection issues and part of the show was just lost for good. Uh, But they do come back and they do continue the discussion and that'll happen right about now. Oh, wait, I think we might be in business. We're back. We're back. Look at that. Outstanding. So we're we're okay. We're back. No, like for whatever reason, I don't know what happened, but our uh, my my internet took a a huge shit. So, uh, but it does look like we're back online. Uh, Jeff, please continue. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know where we lost. Uh, we lost touch. But um, I'll just finish what I was saying. So I play games typically to relax. And I'm okay with having what a I was saying. experience. 
an uncomfortable experience if it services the story. Um, but I don't want to play something uncomfortable that's just uncomfortable for the sake of it. So what I mean by that is like when I watch Band of Brothers, which is like one of my favorite all time pieces of media about war, uh, it's a 10 episode miniseries. It shows you the horrors of war. It's graphic. You see blood, you see guys get disfigured. Like you see the brutality uh, and the pain and suffering of war, but you see it through the lens of characters that are well-written and you care about and you see how it affects them and how it changes them. Yeah. Uh, and that to me is the, the, that's the importance of that horror to the story, but just in and of itself, watching people die in front of me, I already know war is bad and it's uncomfortable. Like I need something more. I need you to tell me something. I need you to tell a story with that and say something beyond the fact that like killing people is bad because I like, feel like, yeah. Like I feel like the problem like call of duty is <laughs> going to have is that it's going to be like the whole game. You're going around shooting people and feeling bad about it. you're seeing all these like awful death animations. You're shooting children mm -hmm. or you're shooting women that are holding children you know like whatever like all but then at the end of the game you get you know you get through the five-hour campaign and they really make no attempts to like reconcile how like yeah like that. it just yeah they play it straight what's know, it about just, like what what yeah, did we learn what, yeah. yeah so like I you that... know spec ops the line tries to tie it all up with multiple endings and stuff like that and and justin mentioned the last of us in chat absolutely and that's one of my favorite games of yeah. all time which yeah. i would never expect because it's incredibly brutal but it's all about Joel's descent throughout the course of that game and what he's willing to do mm -hmm. uh, yeah. to, to achieve his goals. And it it makes you grapple with, is this worth it? And it gives you the option of bypassing enemies and doesn't force you. Like it, there's more to it than just the ugliness. There's there's some warmth deep down behind, behind it and some love and some caring for other people that ties it all together. So that's what I need. Yeah, I completely that that was a great way to put it, John. Will there be any loving and caring for other people in Call of Duty? <laughs> all kinds, dude. All kinds. Uh, like uh I mean honestly, Brandon, if they wanted to give me a like a realistic military experience, they would just uh they'd make a game about boot camp. Or a game about going to the fucking chow hall uh, and standing I, in line. Honestly, like, honestly, boot camp is ripe for the topic of a video game. I would actually you love could, like a, a boot slice camp, of so. life game like like an indie style game like of just about three months in boot camp would actually be a really cool game i would i, I just because it's so it's so over the top ridiculous so crazy like nothing else you'll ever experience in your life when i was in and it's funny it's funny like oh, it's, it's fucking so hilarious so, dude yeah like it's funny so i like, i feel like they could make like it's i mean Full Metal Jacket is known for its boot camp. So you can make yeah. a video game. Oh, you oh dude, you'll love this. Well, when, I, when I was in boot camp, I had the big, I had the big bifocals on, you know, the birth control glasses, as we call them. Oh yeah. And, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, and we were marching in formation one day and I wasn't, my fucking mind was just all over the place. And we were, we were, <laughs> we were marching as a platoon and our drill instructor called, you know, called us, you know, to halt. And I wasn't paying attention. I walked right into the, right into the recruit in front of me. And he was like, oh, good to go, Phipps. Good to go. We can't, we're not going to, we can't fucking see where we're going. What happened? And I was like, sir, this recruit couldn't see where he was going, sir. And it's like the first thing I, I thought of. He was like, oh, good, good. You're fucking blind. Don't worry. I'm going to help you. And so he took another pair of glasses and put them on my forehead. And I had to skip around the platoon and sing, I can see clearly now the rain is yeah. gone. It was fantastic. It was, it was. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. There, there, there's material there. Oh, there. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm surprised nobody has. I mean, you know that since Full Metal Jacket is so well known for its boot camp sequence, I'm surprised nobody's actually tried to make a little game out of that. Maybe we will. Maybe I'll do it, Brandon. Maybe, Maybe you and me will, will do it. Well, we'll add a, an RPG maker. We'll make. Oh, I love that. I'm going to do it in dreams, Brandon. 
And I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make a boot camp. Make a boot camp game. I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a, a Marine Corps boot camp game in dreams. It's gonna be fucking great. Uh, all right, we should go ahead and uh, wrap it up here. Josh ran off. Uh, I don't even know where he went. <laughs> Just have a look over his fucking chair is empty. <laughs> like, well, we're pretty much wrapping up the show. Yeah, we're wrapping it up. Um, uh, I want to thank everybody in chat. We had an active chat tonight. I love seeing the chat uh, hopping like that. Thank you so much, everybody, for coming out. Uh, I will remind you, uh, we um, uh, feel free to sub if you want. We're not going to pressure you, but if you want, you'll get that cool Saki emoji. We've got some more emojis coming as well. Uh, so that's really cool. Uh, we do have a Patreon. Uh, if you guys want to go subscribe to us on Patreon, throw us a few dollars to help us get to conventions to provide you guys more coverage or maybe get some better equipment. Uh, but again, we don't get any of our contact or contact Jesus. We don't get any of our con or any of our content, uh, at all. So if you throw us a few dollars, uh, it's out of the goodness in your heart. There's no obligation to, we just appreciate you showing up here every Thursday night. I do want to say that I think, uh, I think the plan is we have, uh, Imran Khan from game Form game informer on next week. Imran, uh, did we confirm that you're going to be on? Just go ahead and say yes or no in chat. But I do believe that the plan is for Imran to come on. Who, Josh? Who is this? Josh, what what do we what what do we have here? Josh, you're muted. Josh, you're I muted. Couldn't, I couldn't get it done mute. I was trying. Uh, this, yeah, sorry. This is uh, this is Sora. He uh, he it, keeps wandering off from my wife, and uh, so I needed to take him from it. It's a yeah, it's a podcast. Okay, this 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 podcast just got too fucking wholesome for for Twitch. <laughs> Does Sora have opinions on Death Stranding? Uh, Sora, do you have any opinions on Death Stranding? Vacant stare. We've got a vacant stare here. <laughs> like most of us after we play that game. Sora, yeah, that right. Sora, can you give me an opinion as to the uh, Catholic allegories in the final boss fight <laughs> with Kefka in Final Fantasy VI? Uh, what do you think about the image of the Mary of of, uh, of Madonna on the rocks in the third tier of that boss battle? What is your oh, opinion sorry, on that? I'm wearing the headset. You have to repeat all that again. Oh, okay, <laughs> sure. No problem. Um, but uh, I, like, wait till Reb finds out that there was a little baby on this podcast and she wasn't here for it. Uh, I'll bring but, him back on for a future appearance. But yeah, so so Imran confirmed. So Imran Khan from Game Informer uh, will be... Uh, <laughs> Justin and Chad, Jesus. Imran will be on the podcast next week, which is our last podcast before E3. We're going to be doing a lot of E3 streaming. Uh, we're going to be streaming every single conference. Uh, and I believe Sam Tolbert, as is the STGC tradition, Sam will be joining us for some of those streams. So uh, please look forward to that. Uh, we got more guests planned for you uh, coming up soon. And, uh, of course, don't forget to tune in here, right here, uh, at twitch.tv slash official SDGC. Tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, where episode two of our morning show is going to go live for everybody to listen to. We have a name for it. It's called uh, it's called Praise the Sun, which is really the only name that you could have for, for such a podcast. And even though Reb is out of town tomorrow, it will be me and Derek joined by our very good friend, Anthony Agnello. Uh, whom you all know and love. Anthony's a great guy. It's going to be fucking outstanding. We're going to have a great time. And we are going to be talking about video game film adaptations. Uh, so I, we, I'm really looking forward to that. So if uh, please join us tomorrow at 9. Uh, we also go live on Monday at 8 with uh, Megalixer for mental health. And that is with Justin and Josh and myself. 
Uh, and yeah, a lot of good content coming your way. And we are also recording more Final Fantasy retrospectives uh, this weekend. I think me and Finn and a couple other people are going to wrap them up from Final Fantasies 11 to 15, and we will get those out to you. And we also have episode two of Lore of the Things coming up, and we're going to be talking about Chrono Cross. Uh, very excited about all that stuff. Thank you, everybody, so much for all your support. And uh, as always, it's not always poetry, and we don't always agree, but we always keep it real. So until next week, everybody, please be kind to each other. Take care of one another. Uh, uh, take care of one another, because at the end of the day, all we have is each other. Take it easy, everybody. <laughs>